Welcome back to the Tefl Training Institute podcast, everyone. I'm Ross Thorburn, and on today's show, my friend and former colleague Simon Galloway is going to be talking to us about running effective teacher training webinars. Simon's been an online teacher trainer for the past five years. He did his MA dissertation research on this topic, and he's recently released a book on this called Teaching Teachers Online. If you'd like to find out more about that, then click on the link in the show notes. But in today's episode, I'm going to ask Simon about why webinars are worth doing, how we can take advantage of some of the opportunities that webinars offer through things like breakout rooms, chat boxes, and polls, and finally, how teacher trainers can sequence webinars within a longer program of study. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Simon. Welcome back to the show. To begin with, I want to ask you about why it's worth making webinars part of online courses. When I was a new teacher trainer and I ran my first online courses, I didn't include webinars. And the reason was I thought it would just be more convenient for trainees to get information from videos, from YouTube, or articles, from blogs, or podcasts compared to listening to me talking to them in a webinar. So why is it worth making webinars part of an online course? I think one of the big advantages of using some webinars in an online course is that you actually get live interaction between the trainer and the trainees, and also between the trainees and each other. And that's something that's missing from most other types of online training tasks. But it's something that human beings are kind of naturally geared towards and they find that quite engaging so if a trainee has actually done that kind of live interaction they often remember stuff quite well they get more engaged and they feel more part of the course yeah i think i've come to the same conclusions as well that both for the trainer and for the trainees kind of makes everyone realize that you're dealing with real people i also think there's the other benefit that it's an opportunity for the trainees to be able to build connections and get to know other people on the course in a way that it's pretty difficult to do on something like a discussion forum. Well, I I really love using forum tasks, but one of the bits of feedback that I always get from some trainees, at least, is that they don't like waiting for uh, like quite a long time for the response. They don't like waiting a few days for a response from their peers or their trainer. And they can't have a sort of back and forth conversation in a discussion forum so easily where you know, you've got like somebody says something and then there's an immediate response and then somebody else can chip in. So you've, you can do that with a webinar and you can actually have a more sort of natural flowing conversation. It's different for different trainees, but some trainees do really appreciate that. And I suppose, Simon, the interactions that trainees have live in those webinars are probably much more motivating than just watching a video on YouTube or something. Yeah, no, that's that, and motivation is a huge issue with online training. And you'll often find that in online training, the dropout rates of trainees will be a bit higher because the trainees don't have that same kind of sense of connection with their peers or with the trainer. And you can kind of bring that in through webinars, to at least to some extent. So that was why webinars are useful in the context of an online course. But obviously, webinars are sometimes not part of an online course, right? And they might just be used as an alternative to doing a lecture or a workshop or something like that face-to-face. So what are the benefits of webinars compared to doing lectures and and face-to-face workshops? Mm. So one big benefit of doing a webinar is that it can be recorded and 
you can't really do that very easily with a live training session. But with a webinar, the whole thing can be recorded at the press of a button and the trainees can review everything afterwards. And anyone who missed the session can also watch it back. So there's a record of everything that's been talked about. There are a few other benefits, I think, too. Um, the chat box in webinars is a really useful tool. And we can talk a bit more about that in a minute. And also webinars, because it's all online anyway, within some online platform, there's often functions like um, surveys, polls, etc., where you can get a quick kind of measure of what everybody in the group thinks about something. And then you can use that as a springboard for more discussion. And again, it, I would say webinars make that easier than face-to-face -face training does. Do you want to tell us a bit more about those polls, Simon? How do you use those in webinars? Yeah, sure. I think there's uh, two quite nice things that you can do with polls. And one of them is as a kind of springboard to discussion. So you can ask the, the group what they think about certain questions, and you can see perhaps which answers were most popular or which um, ideas most trainees had in common. And then you can use that as the focus of your next questions, or you can use it as the focus of your next explanation. So it helps you to keep what you're saying focused on the needs of the group. Um, the poll might also tell you something that everybody already knows, and then you can adapt or adjust. There's, there's another quite nice thing you can do with polls, which is called the Delphi technique. I think it was invented in ancient Greece, <laughs> presumably. And it's, <laughs> it's an idea I got from books by Jilly Salmon, who's quite a good writer on online training. And you can ask a poll, you can find out, um, everybody can, can answer with their own ideas. But then when they've seen what the whole group's ideas are, they might realize that actually they're an outlier on certain points. And then you can use that to get more discussion. And you can also use it for reflection. You can ask trainees, okay, so now that you've seen the whole group's ideas, do you want to change any of your own ideas? So they can actually use their position within the group to kind of reflect on something that they might not have thought about or they might have taken for granted. So another way of getting interaction in online training is through using breakout rooms. I found that they can sometimes work really, really well and sometimes can just be a complete disaster where everyone turns off their cameras and microphones and really <laughs> it can just be a huge waste of time. So what are your tips, Simon, for making breakout rooms work? Well, when I first started running webinars as opposed to face-to-face -to -face training, I think like many trainers, I tried to include lots of breakout rooms and sort of tried to recreate the interaction from the face-to-face -face sessions in the webinar. You know, I tried to do it just the same way. But I would say that breakout rooms are certainly much harder to make work than just having people talk in a pair or a group in a face-to-face -face session. But I think they can be done and they do have the benefit, especially in a larger group, of giving trainees the chance to actually talk together and discuss things. And that can raise interaction and motivation. But I do think they have to be used sparingly. And also, they have to be set up in a very structured way to get them to work. So my first tip would be only use like a maximum of one breakout room task per hour of webinar-based training. I think trying to get any more than that, and it becomes too time-consuming and quite challenging to set up. And then in the webinar itself, I think the instructions have to be very clear, like what are the questions that are being discussed? How much time do people have? What are the roles that you're maybe giving to members of the group? And you need those instructions to still be there when the breakout rooms have started. Because sometimes you put people into the breakout rooms and then they can no longer see the instructions. 
they forget what they're doing. <laughs> so maybe send a picture of that to a social media group that the trainees are in or somehow make sure that the instructions are still there within the breakout rooms. And then my last tip is to give the trainees something that they can focus on. So maybe like a collaborative document that they fill in together. And then they've got a kind of product that they can actually discuss or share or present because otherwise they might talk a lot, but you can't get a lot of it really back to the bigger group afterwards. Yeah, that's really interesting. I found in general that the better the trainees know each other and kind of the stronger the relationships are between the trainees, the more likely it is that breakout rooms are going to work. So I tend to do much more interaction through getting trainees to speak in breakout rooms if that webinar is part of a longer term course. And I tend to avoid them and do interactions in other ways if I'm working with a big group of trainees that don't know each other. Would you agree with that? Yes, sure. Yeah. Um, So I think in that sense, webinars can have a quite a different atmosphere if you have a very a small group who all know each other but then if you have a huge group the great thing is that there's just so many people that when you ask for questions in the chat box you know you'll always get enough responses to kind of keep the flow going but if you have a small group you can actually do discussion through the mic and people can joke with each other and it's a lot more relaxed so both can work Now, another way of making webinars interactive without using breakout rooms is through using the chat box. You mentioned that earlier. So tell us a bit more about that. I think think this is particularly interesting because it's one of those things that's only really possible to do online. I mean, offline, the only equivalent would be talking to the person next to you when a lecture is going on, which uh, might not be appreciated by the people around you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, I, I think the chat box is my favourite tool in a webinar. And the chat box, um, it is a sort of instant messaging stream on normally on the right-hand side of the webinar platform. And anybody can type a message into that at any time during the webinar, usually. For me, at the times when in a live or face-to-face session, I would have everyone talk to their partner. Instead, in a webinar, I would probably ask the group, type your answer into the chat box. And the great thing about the chat box is that everybody can see the answer. And if you've got a big group, maybe you've got 20 people or 50 people or even hundreds of people, then you can get a huge number of answers all at once. And you can then kind of use them as a focus point for follow-up questions or for the next things that you're going to talk about. But the other great thing about the chat box is that while you're talking, people can write questions in the chat box and then you can answer them at a kind of natural pause in what you're saying. So it's much less intrusive than people kind of like raising their hands during a lecture when you kind of feel like under pressure to to get them to put their hand down by answering their question. Whereas instead, they can just type their question there and you can keep talking, but then you've finished talking about that point, just answer any question that's come up. Yeah, for me, that's another big advantage of doing webinars is you can get these quick answers from the trainees about what they think. And it's also much less risky than if you're doing a lecture or you're doing a workshop and you invite one of the trainees to speak. Because in that situation, you never know, the person might go off topic, talk about something you don't want them to say, or it might just be difficult to get them to (laughs) stop talking. And I also think uh, getting trainees to type something in the chat box is a bit less intimidating for them as well, compared to standing up in front of a crowded lecture hall to make a comment, because yeah, no one's looking at you if you've got the camera off and you're typing. 
Yes, I think that's that, that no eyes on you. It must be a big thing, right? And, and you can ask everybody to type at the same time. So nobody feels like, yeah, they're the center of attention. So as we said earlier, webinars often get used as part of online courses. Do you have any tips about how often trainers should use webinars compared to doing workshops face-to-face? Okay, during the pandemic, when a lot of training went online, I think certain courses just tried to take all of their face-to-face sessions and turn them all into webinars. So they'd be running a whole training course purely through webinars. And that's something I wouldn't recommend because I think it sort of ignores a lot of the benefits of online training. One of the big benefits of online training is that it's is that it allows for trainees to do things at their own pace. It's asynchronous. Trainees can take their own time to research and reflect. So if you only use webinars, you kind of avoid those or you ignore those benefits. Leading on from that then, Simon, how should trainers use webinars within an online course? Is it better to use a webinar to introduce a topic before the trainees start reading about it or studying it? Or is it better to put a webinar towards the end of a task sequence to discuss what trainees have learned? How do you normally do that? Yes, the webinar itself can be included at any point within that kind of task sequence. So for example, you could put a webinar at the very beginning and that could be where you introduce the topic. Maybe that allows you to provide more personal examples from your own experience and kind of raise engagement levels at the beginning. And you could use the webinar to introduce the key ideas because it allows you to do concept checking in real time and check that everybody understands them. But you could take a completely opposite approach too. You could do all the input and context setting asynchronously through videos, through articles, through interactive tasks, and then focus your webinar on talking about maybe how the trainees could actually use those ideas in their own work. So you could use the webinar for discussion and planning. And at at the end of the webinar, the trainees have a really good idea of how to use the ideas. Or you could take it one step further and do that asynchronously too, and then use the webinar at the very end of the sequence just to talk as a group about what they've tried out already, what's gone well, what challenges they met, and try to solve those challenges for the future. One more time, everyone. That was Simon Galloway. If you enjoyed that and you'd like to find out more great ideas from Simon about how to make online teacher training effective, then check out his book, Teaching Teachers Online. You can find that on Amazon. For more podcasts about teacher training, then check out our website, www.tefeltraininginstitute.com. If you enjoy the show and you'd like to support us, you can do that by writing us a positive review wherever you listen. Or if you'd like to support us in a more tangible way, then you can click on the link in the show notes to buy us a coffee. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again next time. Goodbye.